Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in the Ivy League, a look inside the ancient eight teams in the Ivy League and their upcoming games with all of the stats, trends, and analysis that you want to hear. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Believe in the Ivy League. And yes, we are taking a look at everything that's going on in Ivy League basketball. This is a show that, you know, I I do want to kind of, before we just jump right in, which we usually do, I do want to kind of just have a couple of uh, comments about being able to touch and get in touch with me and who I am and uh, and whatnot. Uh, just to refresh, first of all, guys, I did go to an Ivy League school. Okay, I went to Harvard. I went to the Extension School uh, at Harvard. Now I've been doing this for a long time. My profession, outside of doing this podcast, I'm a professional sports handicapper and a media personality. I've been doing that for 22 years. I worked at ESPN. I've worked at uh, you know met many. ABC, uh, Fox, and I, I have a radio show in Las Vegas, as well as other avenues to do things out there. But TomBartonSports.com is my primary responsibility. That is what puts food on the table. That's what bought my house. That's what paid for my wedding. Uh, I mean, that, that's what pays for everything. It is, I'm a professional sports handicap. I'm not a tout. I'm not somebody sitting there screaming, y'all pay me in upgrades and all that. No, no, I just, look, I'm a professional sports better is what I am. And then, um, you know, I handicap games and for a hundred bucks, anybody could go out there and you could go to TomBartonSports.com and I, I give you every game I give for 30 days. You know, I mean, my record speaks for itself. You could go find me on Capra's monitor, monitoring sites and whatnot. But this isn't to brag. This is just because I did get an email this week and somebody said, Tom, you know, I love what you're doing. Uh, but I wish you would touch on the spreads a little bit more. This isn't designed to be a gambling show. It's designed to be a little something different. But I'll certainly take that approach, and I will be cognizant of the spreads a little bit more when I do have these conversations. For me, the Ivy League is more of a passion. I have made a lot of money, and I have been called uh, by Jay Cornegy, uh, live on the air, the best Ivy League handicapper in America. Jay Cornegy runs the Superbook, or used to run the Superbook in Las Vegas. Um, so, you know, I do have the backing for that. Uh, when you do start to talk about my other interest, I love to bet, and I ha- you have to bet offshore, unfortunately, most of the time, but I do, do love to bet Ivy League football. It's one of the reasons I got into this is for Ivy League football, but the basketball portion, obviously. I'm going to start to twinkle it in a little bit. If it's too much, guys, hit me up, you know. I want this to be very user-interactive and user-friendly. So, again, it's at Tom Barton Sports over on Twitter. It is TomBartonSports at gmail.com if you guys want to send me an email. Um, and I, I want you guys to go check out my YouTube channel as well. Look, that's, again, something that is not sports betting-centric, uh, but it just gives you a little bit of piece of, of who I am, and it's able for me to... It's a new venue to, for me to kind of get a little bit of the fans to guide, go check that out as well. That's Tom Barton Sports over on YouTube. But I do want to say thank you very much to uh, SCH Pool NFL. Um, I love how he, he signs his emails sent from the commissioner's iPhone. That's pretty awesome. But I do want to go out there and say thank you to him uh, for the constructive criticism. And, and and I will. I will touch on this a little bit. Uh, I As we go down the road, I'm going to kind of pay attention to a little bit more of the gambling aspect. I didn't want it to be gambling-centric. I wanted this to be a little bit different. But we'll go down that road. You know, uh, anything that you guys want, I'm going to try to incorporate and add here. Um, 
So let's go back. Let's go back to Friday. This was actually the original conversation myself and the fan had where, you know, the Penn team getting four points, where they were getting four, going to Harvard. And last week I called this a kind of a bend but don't break kind of game. This is one of those games where I think that Harvard needed to win but I don't think that Penn had to. But if it wound up the way that it did, and Penn, as a four-point underdog, wound up covering, the game went over the total, 78-74. They won outright. With this win, Penn really has established something after their, their dreadful, dreadful start of the season. And they were dead and buried in a lot of people's mindset. And I, I mentioned them a couple of times. I didn't know what team I was believing in. And Harvard right now... It is more of the story. While Penn, I want to talk about, look, they look good. It's a fantastic situation. You look at Penn and you go, all right, things are on the rise there in Penn and you have to start feeling good. It's a good road win. They are now sitting at five and two in the Ivy League play. Yeah, everything is good for Penn, but I think a lot of the conversation or more of the conversation has to be on Harvard because Harvard came into the season, I keep saying it, very talented. How would that gel? Well, it's getting late in the day, right? I mean, it's getting late in the season here where you start going, as Yogi would say, it's getting early. It's getting late early, right? I mean, this is a problem. They are starting to become Kirkwood and everyone else. Kirkwood, 27 points, eight rebounds, two assists. I mean, Kirkwood had 27 to 74 points and 74 points at home was not enough to kind of hold off a pen. That's a problem. Harvard now under 500 in the Ivies. That's a problem. And it starts to become almost a separation game. I think that this was a pretty impactful loss for Harvard. And, and I think that it's going to, to be one of those losses that I, I think when the season is all said and done, and if they miss the Final Four tournament here in the Ivies, and they're not one of the top four teams, this could be the game you circle. And you circle back and you go, that was the game. They came out of the locker room flat. They allowed 45 points in the first half. They came out of the locker room just flat. All right, we move on to Saturday. Columbia just keeps getting boat raced. Columbia now 1-5 and five in the Ivies. They lose by 13 at home to Dartmouth. Dartmouth puts himself in a position where they can save the season. Again, another game we mentioned last week that you look back and you go, Dartmouth could not lose this game, and it didn't really matter one way or the other if Columbia won this game. I think Columbia is in the bottom of the barrel. We know that. Dartmouth's trying to save a season. They come out. They score 76. They take care of business against Columbia. Dartmouth, I'm still not sure who they are, but Dartmouth is right back in the conversation because Harvard lost. You will allow that door open. You, you creak that door open for Dartmouth the minute that Harvard took that L. Yale, Princeton. Well, Princeton, we had the conversation. Are they a top 25 team? Princeton, we had the conversation. How high can this 15 team go? How much can they elevate their game? How good were they? But we did very much mention, oh, by the way, they've been playing close game after close game after close game. The spread on this game was four and a half or five, depending on where you're shopping. Not only did they lose, they lost outright, and they give up 80 to Yale. And that's kind of the problem with Princeton. Their defense is just not where it needs to be. They were down 43-26 at the half. Yale came out and said, we are the team. Yale was supposed to be this team. And their overall record finally ekes over 500. They're now 10 and 9 with this win. But they are 4 and 1 in the Ivies. Princeton's 5 and 1 in the Ivies. They have the head to head win. And they got the head to head win on the road in Princeton. That's massive, guys. So let's not overlook this win. This is the biggest win in Ivy League conference play so far this season. 
Yale on the road, trying to go to 500, trying to take over first place in the Ivies, trying to reestablish their dominance, comes out and boat races, absolutely destroys Princeton in the first half, 43 to 26. And that is where we worry about Princeton. You know, we had the conversation about should they be in the top 25? And I had the conversation where if they kept rolling, but they didn't win the Ivies, could, you know, a 20-win team from the Ivies maybe get two people into the tournament? That Those... Those hopes and dreams, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this team any longer. You know, you could look at Princeton and say, look, they're a 15-win team. They're first place in the Ivy's town. Why would you doubt them off of one loss? It's just one loss. But it's not just one loss. Here's the problem, guys, okay? They had a four-point win at Dartmouth. They struggled against Penn. A two-point win against Brown. A two-point win against Cornell. That's not what you want to see from a team that's 15, you know, one basket here or there. Yes, they're grinding out wins. Yes, they're getting in the W column. But it's not a 15-win, all-superstar, number one overall team. And Yale proved that. Yale went out there, and Yale showed them exactly what was up. Then finally on Sunday, Cornell barely beat Brown. Brown on the road. Uh, Brown at home, and Cornell wins on the road. Cornell goes to 3-3 three and three in Ivy League play. Brown falls to 2-5, and 74-72 in a game where, again, Cornell 43-25, and then they lost that lead in the second half. 47 points by Brown in the second half. Just came up a little bit short. Lilly, 23-2-2. Noel, 16-7-4. And Cornell is in that conversation. So Yale and Princeton, 1-2. Who's 3-4? I mean, that's where we're looking at this going into this weekend. Now, there's no games Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. So, again, we have uh, just a Friday, Saturday slate of games. And let's start it off on Friday. We have Harvard against Brown. And this is a Harvard against Brown team where I think that the spread is going to be about a pick Harvard might be a little bit of favored because they are Harvard. Uh, it might be a point or two. But I think that they're pretty evenly matched teams. 10 and 7 against 10 and 12. Now, Brown's got more games, but they've been playing well. Look, this Brown team is keeping games close. Okay? They have not won a lot of games. You're talking about since that Vermont loss back in December, you know, they got two wins. They beat Harvard already in Harvard, 84 73. They beat Columbia on the road, 93 74. Two point loss to Cornell, three point loss to Yale, two point loss to Princeton, four point loss to Penn. Play every game close. But they already beat Harvard in Harvard, okay? They beat them in Cambridge. They did that on the road. Now, Harvard, for their conversation, you can say, with that, is they were coming off of a weird week where they got delayed and then they, they, they had some time off. Maybe that's a Harvard excuse. Maybe. But it's no excuse from Harvard's defense that just can't seem to stop anybody right now. If you're looking for an angle in this game, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of scoring. If you can get an over-under at 142, 143, you know, I think this game goes over if you're looking at that. But it's a massively impact. You, you assume Harvard, you know, the more I think about it, maybe Brown, maybe Brown will be the favorite. I think they should be. But I'm looking at this and I'm going, I don't know if the, the bookmakers are going to make them the favorite. They are at home, though. Brown should win this game. But Harvard now has their backs against the wall. Harvard almost has to win this game. So don't forget that angle when you're breaking this one down. Yale, Dartmouth, look, Yale coming off of a big game, but it's not um, like an emotional letdown spot because Yale had so much time to kind of soak it up and deal with what they're they're having to go out there and go, okay, right, here we go. And they were also at home, by the way. 
And yellow's been streaking in the right direction. Yellow will have a little bit of a letdown, but, but it won't be this big emotional letdown. Now, after they had four games or three games postponed, they've come back on fire. They won four of the last five. They beat up Columbia by 11. They beat Princeton by six. They beat Brown by three. And, and they absolutely humiliated Cornell. They did lose to Penn in the middle of that, and it was a true road game. I don't think Yale loses at home. I'm just not ready to anoint Yale, you know, that great team, the best team in this conference. I know the numbers say that they are, but I'm still waiting on that. Now, Dartmouth, meanwhile, Dartmouth is a team that I said, oh, they've been a little up and down, right? They've lost three of the last four. They got Their only win here in that time span, the last month have been against, you know, Brown and Columbia. They did lose by nine to Cornell, by 10 to Penn, by one to Harvard, by four to Princeton. So they keep the game close as well. I fully expect that Yale should be a massive favorite here and probably overstated, but I don't know if Yale has just turned that corner and, and at home, it's hard to go against this team at home. Penn against Columbia, and here's the Penn team that I said starting to streak in the right direction. And, and we did have that conversation. I said, look, if they could beat Harvard all of a sudden, you know, now they're on a winning streak. All of a sudden, this Penn team is starting to score. Their last three or their last four wins, they have uh, five wins. Let's go back. That's five wins. They've surpassed 76 points. So it's a high scoring team. Their defense allows about 70 points per game. They should beat this Columbia team. And once again, if they go to six and two, I think you can now say that there are three separating teams. I think Penn has done enough. If they win this game on the road against a Columbia team that can't get out of their own way, on the road against a Columbia team that's lost by 13, 11, 20, or 19, and 9. I mean, they're getting destroyed. This line should be double digits for sure. And if Penn wins this game, despite being under 500, despite an 8-12 and 12 record, Penn will be 6-3 and three in the Ivy Leagues. Penn will be staring there, and you go, okay, it's Princeton and Yale and then Penn, and then everyone else. And the everyone else starts to come into, uh, did Penn kind of secure that number three spot? You can't have a letdown against Columbia here. I, I don't think they do. I, I don't think they do. I, I, I think Columbia is just, um, you know, they'll, they'll fight. They'll throw, score some points here. Uh, another game where I'm kind of looking at the over. They'll score some points here. Um, I, I think they probably lose by about double digits again. I think Penn is really trying to impact and, and say, you know what, who cares? Who cares that we're 8-12? and 12? We're cleaning up in the Ivies. And then the last game on Saturday, or this is Friday, Princeton-Cornell. Princeton has to bounce back here. But I'm not fully confident they will. I think that everyone will expect a full bounce back here. I think when you look at them and they go, you know, look, they're coming off of winning how many games in a row, right? I mean, you're coming off... You won 10 games in a row before losing to Yale. And I think most people are going to go, yeah, you know what? They're going to bounce back. Bounce back. They're in a good spot here. But they're going on the road against Cornell. This is a Cornell team that lost by two points the last time they played. A Cornell team that came out and lost that early lead. They were up 39-25 at the half. And then their shooting just, it just went away, right? I mean, their shooting just... It just stopped. I will say this. Oh, by the way, in that game, Princeton shot a pathetic 50% from the three-point or from the free-throw line. That's terrible. But they were able to hit 42% from threes. 
So that might have been the difference maker there. You really, you break that game down. It was neck and neck. Most of the numbers, most of the the, the turnovers and the time of possession and, uh, you know, the, the just every single thing from rebounding, offensive rebounding, defense, it was, it was neck and neck. I think Princeton's going to be overvalued here. And here's a spot where all of a sudden, Princeton can be in some trouble. Cornell has to win this game. They have to win this game to not go. They're, they're three and three in Ivy League play. They're either going to go four and three, and we're going to start to talk about Cornell leapfrogging into that number four spot, or they're three and four, and then we start doubting Cornell. You got to win these games at home. And Princeton comes in at five and one. They lost their last game after winning 10 games in a row. And suddenly, they're going to be looking up if things go according to Yale's plan. They're going to be looking up at Yale. If they lose, they're going to be looking down and seeing a 6-2 and two Penn team trying to chase a 5-2 and two Princeton team. Princeton is suddenly in a almost must-win spot on the road against a Cornell team that they struggled with, and Cornell is at home in a spot where they almost have to win. Now, the next day, okay, we finally have that Friday, Saturday back-to-back, which I love. The next day, Princeton can rewrite things because they they go on the road and they face Columbia. That's a game where absolutely it's going to kind of be maybe take out your frustrations on. I wouldn't be surprised if Princeton-Columbia hits 160. I wouldn't be surprised if Princeton in that game hits 85 points. I mean, they might absolutely just go crazy, but I want to see how that Columbia game that uh, Cornell game plays out because this might be one of those power type of struggle games. And all of a sudden Princeton's feeling a little tight. They get a win against Cornell. I think they absolutely just put the hammer down on Columbia. If they get a loss against Cornell, you expect that bounce back. I think that their kids, uh, their their minds are going to be somewhere else because all of a sudden you lost two games in a row after winning 10. So that's a spot. Dartmouth Brown, again, the battle of, I don't think you can lose at this point right now at home meaning Brown, you can't go to two and six. Dartmouth is in the same spot. It's going to be a rough game. This one's not one I'm really paying attention to. You you need to see something more out of both these teams for me to really start, you know, to to concentrate. Cornell could get themselves back at this thing. And if you listen to my podcast early on, it was Cornell all the time because Cornell was separating themselves. Cornell is 11 and six on the year, but they haven't done really well in Ivy League play. Cornell has a chance to knock off Princeton, at home, and then a chance the next day to knock off Penn at home. And all of a sudden, Cornell becomes the epicenter for the Ivy League this weekend because we need to see what Princeton's going to be, what Penn is going to be, who they're going to be looking at. Cornell is a team that has had problems offensively, uh, defensively, and it's been led by their offense. It's all offense, but their offense has come back to earth here. Penn is a team that is now leading by offense. I expect this to be a high-shooting game. That's kind of a game that Cornell likes. They want that efficiency. They want to run the floor. They want fast pace of game. This could be one of those higher-scoring games. And then finally, we have Yale at Harvard. Harvard's got to save their season this weekend. You know, you look at Harvard, and there's an opportunity the season could completely slip away. If they lose to Brown and Yale, and they turn around, they're at 2-5 and in the Ivy Leagues. Guys, I think the Harvard season's over. I I think it's over. And I'm not being, I'm not being, uh, you know, capturing the moment and and, and slave of, of the day. No, 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 no. I'm not doing that. You know, you look at how many games are left and you have nine games left. If they go two and five, meaning they lose to Brown and to Yale, okay, that's seven games left. Uh, you still have to go to Penn. You still have to go to Princeton. Still got to play Princeton twice, by the way. 
I think that if Harvard loses both of these games, guys, this could be the end of Harvard's season. And if Cornell can get themselves back into contention here, if Cornell can have a 2-0 year, uh, 2-0 week, their year is finally saved. So lots of good stuff going on in the Ivy Leagues this week. Lots of big-time games. I, I think it's a separation week. I think this is a, a sure, here we go. Now we're starting to kind of separate the teams and see who's going to be on top. And I do see a lot of overs. I think there's going to be a lot of offense scored this weekend. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. Make sure you listen in next week. We'll find out if Harvard stays alive, if Cornell can make some people really, really forget about their last few games and look at their overall record, and what do we make about Princeton. All that and more next week. Have a good, very good weekend, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.